Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Remember King David? King David was known as a man after God's own heart. The whole world, the pagan world, knew that God, Jehovah, and David were like this. And then David committed adultery. And then David killed the husband of Bathsheba. And Nathan, when he came to David finally after a year and David confessed, he said, you know, what you've done has brought blasphemy against the name of God. It might be safe to say that no one listening to this teaching is going to become an ambassador to a foreign country. However, that doesn't mean that you don't know what an ambassador's job is. An ambassador is the face of his country to the country he's called to serve in. Pastor Mark will be teaching today that it's exactly the same for the Christ follower. You'll learn the importance of honoring the names of Jesus and Jehovah. You'll also discover ways of dishonoring their names that you might not have thought of. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Exodus chapter 20. As he continues his message, God lives in you. Honor his name. So it's very important that you and I understand it's not really what comes up. God, no, no, it's, it's how I walk. It's how I live. You see, Paul would later write, turn with me to Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 4. Paul would later write something very important to the church at Ephesus. And he would write about their old lifestyle and the new lifestyle. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. Paul says this, So I tell you this, and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their, of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity... They have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. You, Christ follower, however, did not come to know Christ that way. Since you heard of him and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off that old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, and to be made new in the attitude of your minds. Notice this, verse 24. And to put on the new self, created to be like God. 
in true righteousness and holiness. Any so-called Christian lifestyle that is compromised, Paul says, will bring reproach on the name of God. We are a work in progress. Everybody in this building, anybody listening to my voice as a Christ follower, I'm created to be like God. I'm to mirror that character and that reputation. Oh, I'll never be perfect, but I'm working at it. Because of God's grace, I'm doing better than I was. I don't want to go back to that old lifestyle. So what brings blasphemy against the name of God? Well, here's what it happens. Here at CCM or CCMV or CCMS, if you're here and call yourself a follower of Christ, are you committing adultery right now? You're having an affair? Are you sleeping with someone who is not your spouse? Are you not even married and living together? Are you watching porn? You're in the process of finishing your income tax. You found a loophole. It's cheating, but you're going to turn it in. At work, are you lying and gossiping? Are you on alcohol that controls you or drugs? So, Pastor Mark, I would never do any of those things. Are you living with bitterness and anger? Refusing to forgive someone? You see, we kind of laugh at that and go, but remember, the, that's taking God's name in vain. That isn't God's character. And notice there's great punishment for it. Do you remember King David? King David was known as a man after God's own heart. The whole world, the pagan world, knew that God, Jehovah, and David were like this. And then David committed adultery. And then David killed the husband of Bathsheba. And Nathan, when he came to David finally after a year and David confessed, he said, you know, what you've done has brought blasphemy against the name of God. Oh, yeah, King David, oh yeah, that one that has that God, uh, what's his name? Oh yeah, Yahweh, yeah, yeah. What a God to have a king like that. And by the way, even though God forgave David of that sin, did it have consequences? Oh, horrible consequences. See, whatever we sow, we reap. That's why God says, just, it isn't just about taking his name in vain with swearing. It's about a lifestyle that doesn't match. You say, well, I don't do any of those things. Here's a huge one in the church. We become self-righteous. And that's your spirit this morning. You keep the law perfect. You're better than anybody else in here. You're more mature than anybody else in here. Oh, I've had people come and say to me, I'm way more mature than you are, Pastor Mark. (laughs) Oh, I'm serious. By the way, I'm a work in progress. We don't ever label that. Why don't I ever do that? Because we don't know our heart. God does. If you're here and you're one of these self-righteous people, you're an abomination to God. Why? Because you're only what God's grace has made you. It isn't you. It's the loving goodness of God. So here's my little statement. I think it's good for all of us to write it down, myself included. Christ follower, be real. And be passionate for obedience. The only way I'm going to mirror and be like God and not bring 
Condemnation to his name is to be a real person. We all want to be that. I want to protect, I want to mirror, and I want to represent the character of the God that changed my life. Now, one of the questions that comes to us, and it's a great question, is this. Well, Pastor Mark, what is the character of God? If I'm supposed to mirror that character, like, what does that look like? Can you kind of unwrap that, unzip that, unpack that for me? Yes, I can. This is called the fruit of the Spirit. It's found in Galatians. This is the character of a Jesus, of God, of a Christ follower. Here it is. But the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. You see, if I'm really a Christ follower, these characters of God and Jesus are growing inside of me. Oh, I'm not always there, but I'm working on it. And this is a picture of God in me. If I just pick one of those, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. You know what Jesus said just before he left this earth? He said this, my disciples will be known in the world by one thing, that you love one another. Not that I keep the Ten Commandments, but my disciples will be known. They're disciples of me because they love one another. Little homework this week. What does love mean? 1 Corinthians 13. Just study the first six or seven verses. You'll see what love is. Love is patient. It's kind. It holds no records of wrong. Okay. It's a challenge, isn't it? Well, Pastor Mark, that's the New Testament. Is there any picture of the character of God in the Old Testament? Yeah, let me read it to you. Exodus, you don't need to turn there. 34, verse 6. And God passed in front of Moses proclaiming, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness and rebellion and sin. Whoa, he's gracious? He's slow to anger? Am I gracious? Am I slow to anger? He's forgiving. And he forgives rebelliousness and sin. You see, God is known as a God of grace. What is grace? Pastor Chuck, who started all the Calvary Chapel, says this, Grace is God giving to me something that I cannot obtain on my own. Because of God's grace, I'm forgiven and I'm going to heaven. You see, God gave me something that I didn't deserve. Remember, you can't be right with God by obedience. You can never be good enough. You can climb and climb and climb. You'll never be good enough. But God in grace reached down his hand through Jesus Christ. He said, Mark, would you like to have your sins forgiven? I'm a gracious God. I forgive rebellion and sin. And I said, yeah. And he says, come on into the kingdom. See, we're saved by grace and faith alone. Grace. I love grace. See, here's the problem. I love grace for me, but I really don't like it for you. You deserve to be punished. (laughs) Let me give you a perfect illustration. You're driving, and you look in your back, and there's the little blue light or red light going on. And the officer gets out and comes to you. What are you praying when he comes to your door? 
God, I hope this guy had a good day. I hope his wife was kind to him. I hope he's gracious. You roll down the window, you pop it down, you're going, I hope this guy's good. And he gives you a warning. Hallelujah. You're just driving right on. The next day you're out and you're on 95. And this guy whizzes in and out right on by you. Cuts you off. Running down the road. You're going, what is with that guy? And a moment later, you see a policeman. He's going right after him. Get him, Jesus. Get him, Jesus. (laughs) Am I right? Now, where would I come up with an idea like that? It's because of your emails. It's it's your emails that you sent me. Thanks for the illustration. Hallelujah. Look at Hebrews 13. So do not be attracted by strange ideas. Your strength comes from God's grace, not from rules. You see, if I'm going to represent God in his character, I have to be a person who lives in, loves, and shows grace. One of the dangers we have in the church is unbalanced legalism. You see, look at Galatians 3.3. How foolish, Paul says, can you be? He's writing to these new believers who came to God totally by grace. He says, how foolish can you be after starting your Christian lives in the spirit? In other words, you didn't work for it. God gave it to you. Are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? What does that mean? It simply means this. The opposite of grace is legalism. Trying to be right with God by obeying the law By being self-righteous, here's the picture. This totally confuses the world. Here's a person over here, and he says this. I'm saved by grace. I can do anything I want now. I'll just live any kind of life I want. I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. It doesn't matter. Well, Paul addressed that in Romans. He said, well, because God's grace is so good and he's forgiven me, I guess I'll just go sin like crazy so God can pour some more grace on Paul said, God forbid. That's called cheap grace. What do we have on the other side? Horrible legalism. Yeah, you might have got saved by grace, but you're going to have to keep it. Here's the 468 rules. Mm. And by the way, these people will always say to you, you're not good like me. I'm better than you. Oh, that's what, I'm more mature than you. And the world goes, well, which is right? Is it all these rules or is it just do whatever you want once you're saved? The truth is right here. See, Jesus was incredibly graceful. Remember the woman we talked about caught in the sin of adultery? He said, he didn't didn't go to any laws. He just said, anybody accusing you? The law was accusing her. She said, no. He said, I don't either. But he didn't end the statement there. He said, what? Go and sin no more. See, there's this balance. And if you and I don't live in that balance, then we're going to confuse the world that's looking at us. So what you want to write is simply this, guys. Here it is. Christ follower, be very careful of legalism. Calvary chapels are known. One of our distinctives 
is people of grace. So enjoy God's grace. Turn with me quickly to Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9. One day, Paul, who was actually called Saul, was one of those very much religious, law-keeping Jews. In fact, he said this so much. I kept the law better than anybody. He was one of those proud people. God knocked him off his horse. He came to grace. He was in Damascus. And God came to another disciple and said, I want you to go give a message to Paul. We find it in Acts 9, 15. Look at But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man, Paul, is my chosen instrument to carry my name. That word carry or take is the same word in the third commandment. Don't take the name of the Lord in vain. That's the same word. What does he say? I've chosen Paul to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings and before the people of Israel. In other words, when we receive grace, we're going to honor God's name. We're going to mirror God's name. Our character is going to become like God and like Jesus but we don't keep it to ourselves. This is point number three. We are to circle this word when you write it. We are to proclaim God's name, his character, and his reputation. You see, like the Apostle Paul, we're to carry the name which means the character, it means the reputation of God and Jesus. We don't really carry it just by our words, but we do it by our lifestyle. In all of our campuses, if I mention the word ambassador, what comes to your mind? Well, that's a person that represents another country when they live in another country. Look at this verse in 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 5.20. So we are Christ ambassadors. That's who you are. That's who I am. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ. And what do we say? Come back to God. You see, salvation is too good to keep to myself. Notice what it says. I can ambassador. We're to go to all the world and we're to represent who we are. A Christ follower. A lover of God. The reputation of God, the name of God, the character of God. Our lives are to match that person. We're really advertising. See, an ambassador, an ambassador comes from the United States and let's say he's in Russia. He's representing the character of the United States in Russia. We are representing the kingdom of God in the world. That's the kingdom of Satan. Every single one of you that call yourself a Christian or a Christ follower, you're an ambassador for Christ. How do we advertise well? What does that look like? Our last verse, turn to Acts chapter 4, verse 13. You see, Peter and John had just healed a man, caught all his life, simply caught in the, the throes of not being able to walk. They healed him. God came to him. Use that power. The religious leaders arrested. 
Peter and John. They came before these religious leaders and notice verse 13. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, in other words, not religiously schooled, just ordinary men, they were astonished. They're kind of thinking to themselves, how come these guys are Christ followers? What's up with them? And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. When Peter and John stood before them, they went, it's like standing in front of Jesus. When you stand before people, do they see Jesus? Do they see the character of God? Do they see joy and peace? What did they see that day? Just think about this as we close. What did they see when these two men stood before them? Well, they saw that they'd been taught by Jesus. They were bold like Jesus. They were loving like Jesus. They were honest like Jesus. They were joyful in spite of the trial like Jesus. They were humble like Jesus. Earlier, the crowd tried to say, wow, Peter, you're something else to heal this man. Peter said, oh, no, no, it's by the name of Jesus that this man is well. They were compassionate like Jesus, and they were holy like Jesus. When we stand before people, is that what they get? I want to say to you, for the majority of you, that's what they get. I'm proud of you today. Oh, we're all a work in progress. But you look like Jesus. That character is there. You're a real Christ follower. And because of that, God knows our hearts. He says in Hebrews eleven sixteen, I love this. It says, God is not ashamed to be called their God. And because of that, he's prepared a city for them. Calvary Chapel of Melbourne, Sebastian Vieira, even though we're not perfect, God knows that we're real. We're Christ followers. We're in the process of becoming more like him. He's proud of you. I'm proud of you. Notice, God is not ashamed to be called their God. Don't be ashamed to be called a follower of God. Be bold. Do not take the name of the Lord in vain. On Matthew 7, let me read to you a sentence. It's a little scary. It says, Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? And I will say to them, Well, you used my name, but I never knew you. Depart from me. Pastor Mark reminded you in his teaching today that the world, the non-Christians around you, are paying attention to how you live your life. You learned how important it is to be consistent in your behavior as a Christ follower. You were reminded of King David and what happened to him, despite his closeness to God when he chose to commit adultery and murder. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian, and Vieira. All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. 
For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. This brings us to the conclusion of Pastor Mark's teaching, God Lives in You, Honor His Name. Next time, he'll begin his teaching, Day for God and Me. He'll begin teaching about God's establishment of a day of rest. You'll hear about the controversies over this commandment and how different groups live this one out. And you'll learn about the principle behind this command. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. Here